We are back for the first time since last December. And we're back with big news. Big news comes out of the Big 12. So Um, much has happened. And it's crazy. We started this. We were, we honestly, we probably weren't going to start this podcast back for another two weeks. But so much has happened that we felt like we had to have this podcast. And then we're going to have a following podcast next week that's even bigger, previewing the entire season. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's it's just been a crazy summer. Um, first off, a couple things that happened. Oh, you got rid of some people that just didn't need to be on their team. <laughs> Low character people. Um, oh, you had, I think, three felony arrests on their football team this summer. Not great news for OU, really. It's just a bad look all around. They were all arrested for felony robbery charges, so it's it's good to get rid of them off the football team. That's that's just a dumb move. Like when you're a Division One football player, that's not something you could do. Like that's just so stupid. Like literally, the probably the dumbest thing you can do. And he like it was they were robbing a weed dealer. Like you can go anywhere up and down any street in any part of any town, and you can run across a medical marijuana place. Like, you can get it if you want it. But you don't have to rob a weed dealer. Like, it's just stupid. So, I just threw that out there. Perkins had no idea about that. I'm sure he has no idea about it, because that wasn't on our plan. I remembered it when I was doing the intro. And Perkins, Hey, I'm going to run with it. I'm going to run with it. You know, there's a, we're going to talk about a lot of stuff today that I have little knowledge on. I haven't kept up with it like you have. I've been crazy busy. I travel a lot. For those of you who don't know me, I do travel a lot. So I haven't really kept up with it. So today is going to be a learning experience for me too. I'm here to provide commentary and ask questions. Uh, speaking of questions, um, was it of the three, because this is news to me, were any of them the starters or were they just kind of like, you know, like second and third string? All three were very were expected to be very heavily used on the offensive side of the ball this year. Dang. Trajan well, Bridges was a five star out of Georgia. Um, broke out last year, had a couple of key catches in the Big Twelve Championship game. Just a dumb move. Not worried about OU at wide receiver though. Other guy, Mikey, Mikey Yeah. Mikey Henderson was their H back. Um, had a lot of a lot of people looking towards this season as the guy, like he was supposed to be coming in, like uh, the guy who just changes things at that position. He's so versatile. He could play running back, he could play H back, he could play tight end, he could play anywhere on the field. Um, he's a really athletic dude, and he's going to be a miss. But we do have a lot of depth at that H back tight end spot, so. I'm not too worried about him. Yeah. So, like, it's just, I don't know. We're not, going into the season, everybody is still, like, 100%, like, thinking this could be the year. This could be the year. And the the third guy I didn't even mention that got 
kicked off the team was Seth McGowan, who many of you saw on when we played Florida in, uh, what was that, the Sugar Bowl? I don't know. It wasn't the Sugar Bowl. Peach Bowl. I don't know. Whatever bowl we ended in last year. It was a bowl. Yeah, yeah whatever bowl. It was a New Year's Six Bowl. It was a big bowl. Um, but uh, Seth McGowan took off for a 60-yard run but caught caught from behind. And Seth McGowan's supposed to be really fast, and he just showed kind of his how he hasn't taken that next step. So, yes, it'll hurt that we don't have Seth McGowan, but the running back position, again, we have a lot of depth. Kennedy Brooks comes back from opting out because of COVID concerns in 2020. Um, and then we got Eric Gray from Tennessee transfer portal and Eric Gray is supposed to be looking really, really good. And then you still got Marcus major, um, sitting back there, the okay preps kid who came out of Millwood, who looks really good. He's had flashes to be really good. The only kind of question is if one guy goes down, what happens? Because they are like they have depth, they have talent at that position, but they don't have a lot of it. Like running back, you got to have three, four, five guys because running backs get hurt a lot. So that's yeah. the biggest concern going into the season for me is that running back position. Not because we don't have talent there, because the amount of people it takes to have. Uh, a successful running back room. It's very true. You know, but I think with the, you know, OU, they'll adapt. Like, and you know, you'll say they'll adapt. So if they don't have the strength they need at the running back, you know, or if they, they do get two down and they've only got a third or they don't have a third, they have to put a, you know, wide receiver or fullback in that running back position. They'll adapt. I mean, they'll just, you know, short plays, slants, uh, the play actions, you know, stuff like that. They'll, yeah, I'm, they'll, I'm... they they won't struggle until they get that back to their strength. But I, I'm sure that that they'll they'll play conservatively if that is a concern that they have. So, yeah, I, I'm not too worried about it though. Lincoln Riley's a genius on the offensive side of the ball, yeah. and our defense this year is actually like OU's defense this year is supposed to be stout it's supposed to be absolutely bonkers um we have guys on the front of the defensive line who should go in those first two days of the draft next year uh Isaiah Thomas we got Perry on Winfrey um another guy coming back after skipping out last year for COVID concerns um from Midwest City whose name is just blanking me right now Oh, what is his name? Jalen Redmond. Jalen Redmond um, comes back as well. He's a former five-star player. Uh, that could really make a difference. And we have coming in this year from our previous recruiting class, who will be a freshman, five-star Clayton Smith. And I've heard he is dangerous. And that's we, we haven't even mentioned Nick Benito. Like, they have so much depth on the defensive side of the ball, like, it's going to be dangerous this year. OU's defense could stand up against anybody. So not too worried about that. That's, I said that just to preface how long our summer's been because that wasn't even news that made our, our little notes to go into this podcast. Yeah. The, the biggest news, the one we were supposed to start off with, 
is OU and Texas are out of the Big 12. OU and Texas have decided to join the SEC, and that is absolutely groundbreaking groundbreaking news. It's whenever it popped up on my phone, I was like, that's not a true that like there's no way that's true. That's stupid. Like whoever reported that's gonna get fired. Like they need to check their sources. And then it developed and it developed and developed. And that story kept developing. And now both the guys and promotion. Te- yeah, OU, OU and Texas <laughs> have one hundred percent they've already told the SEC's already voted on it. The big or they've already told the Big Twelve they're leaving. Like it's it's a done deal. Now, speaking of it, legally, technically, they're not supposed to go until twenty twenty five. My best guess is the SEC is not going to let that happen. They're going to go in twenty twenty two, twenty twenty three at the latest. Like it would be crazy for them to wait out these four years because OU and Texas are going to get dog crapped on the entire time they're in the Big 12 from now on because everybody hates them. They are the villain in every story now. Everybody wants to beat them because, well, they're going to the SEC. They don't like us. Like, everybody in the Big 12 hates this move from OU in Texas. You know, to that, though, I say let them try. Like, most of these teams struggle against them anyways. You know, so let them try. That's what I say. You know, if you got if you got the the motive to say I'm good enough to switch, and I think it, I think they've backed it up well enough. Let them let the all these teams play with the chip on their shoulder. I, I don't I think would, it's going to change the game at all. I would say one of the two teams that are going to the SEC has uh, proved That's very their worth. Yeah. Um, the other one um, kind of. Three and seven against TCU over the past ten years, but that's none of my business. <laughs> um, but moving on from that, uh, it's just—it's been a crazy summer. I think this is the right move for OU. Thinking about it from the move as an OSU perspective, you can tell they're kind of butthurt about it. Like they—they they just. They did not like this decision. OSU's president comes out and is like, just absolutely hammers OU for it. Um, and it 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 was in a statement that sounded like it was from a five year old on the playground trying to make a comeback. Well, like it's like it, the big brother just went to college and the little kid doesn't understand. That's like just, it, that's what it is. It, it yeah, it's really true. Like they've shown that they had to ride the coattails of OU with their response to this. And I know some of the OSU fans listening to this podcast are like, no, that's not true at all. We have more national titles. We're talking strictly football on this podcast. I get it. You got 450 billion national titles in wrestling. That doesn't matter. Okay. Those, uh, we're talking football. Football's the moneymaker and football's what's driving this conference realignment. And OSU is upset big time because well I would I can't imagine why they wouldn't be upset it's a huge deal they're going to lose money the big 12 conference like I don't want to say they're going to implode and they're they're going to fail but I don't see like 
I myself don't see a way out of this for them. Like the best that they can do is get an alliance with the Pac-12 or Big Ten. But in all honesty, I don't think that's going to happen either. Like it's it is a dangerous time to be those eight teams in the Big 12 that are left because if you think about it, the only teams that really draw any interest, like I've heard Iowa State to the Big 10, Kansas to the Big 10, those could kind of make sense. I know we're talking football. If you want, like Kansas to the Big 10 doesn't make sense if you're only talking football, but they do have a really good basketball team, which would help the Big 10. Iowa State's football team would translate to the Big 10 well. But then you got to think of the Big Ten academics. Could those two teams make it? That's why OSU can't go to the Big Ten. They don't have the academics to make it in the Big Ten. The Big Ten boasts this huge academic record, and like they are proud of their academia at their schools. So that's why a lot of the teams can't go to the Big Ten, like OSU or, um, let's see, even a, uh, like a Texas Tech, a TCU – those teams can't go to the Big Ten. And then you think about it from a Pac-12 perspective. Like, Pac-12, they, they probably want OSU. That's a good team. But then you've got to think about it from an OSU perspective. Do you really want to go to the Pac-12? That's two time zones away. And that means you're playing at, like, maybe 9 a.m. home time on your away games. Like, that, that's a tough one to sell to your fans. Like the Pac-12 may be the only option, though. So, like it's there's so many different swinging pendulums in this conference realignment. I don't know where it's going to end. The only way Big 12 survives is if they recruit to. May like I don't even know. They would have to recruit at least two teams from, I would think the AAC, to survive. But even then, they're recruiting two mid-major teams to try to fill into a Power 5 conference. Does that work out? Probably not. People I mean, aren't going to want to see money behind teams that played in the AAC already. Like It's like the teams that are left in the Big 12, disregarding OSU and Iowa State, some years you can throw in TCU, some years you can throw in Baylor, disregarding like those odd years, like the Big 12 is going to struggle, like it, even if they get people. Like, you know, it, so that it brings me to this question for you. We're talking about, you know, where these teams are going to have to go, the demise of the Big 12. In, in a realistic point of view, Big 12 probably doesn't recruit, probably doesn't make it, right? So how long until they implode, in your opinion? You know, one year, two year, five years, ten years? How long until the Big 12 is no more? Or the Big 8, to be specific? The, the Big 12 won't be... If you're going to ask me that question, if I... If you're saying they don't get any more teams, the Big, the Big 12 is done by 2025 when they're granted rights and they're, all of their money runs out from the TV contracts because in those TV contracts, you're not going to be able to negotiate when you've lost your two biggest hitters in OU in Texas. Like they would have to pick up a team. 
And this would stretch the Big 12 to its limits, like geographically wise. They'd have to pick up a team like Boise State and UCF, like those mid-major teams that are like always there, always pretty good, always in the top 25. They'd have to pick up those mid-major teams. And even then, I don't know that they get it. Like um, UCF, from what all I've heard, they're about to join the ACC in response to this. So I don't even think UCF's a viable option. So UCF's probably off the table. Then you got to go get a team probably like a Memphis. And Memphis is either really good or they're just dog. Like, they're just horrible. Like, so I, I don't like – there is not an easy solution for the Big 12. If the Big 12 figures this out and proves me wrong, good for the Big 12. They are a big organization. There are a lot smarter people working at the Big 12 than me. So maybe they can figure it out. But my thoughts, I can't see a way for them to work this out. It just doesn't work out for me in my mind. Yeah. It, I don't – once – I mean, it's – you lose your two biggest teams – uh, it, there's, I don't see a way that they 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 recover. That's why I asked you, because there's just not a way. Because if they they would have to get a team of at least somewhat close value, as far as like, you know, viewership, uh, fan base, everything like that, and it just, yeah, you're not going to get a team that's going to jump back over to, you know, the to the Big Twelve. When you're not, when it's not even the Big Twelve anymore, there's not even twelve teams in it, and there and, hasn't been for a while. And everybody's been like, "Why don't you recruit from the Pac-12? Why don't you recruit from the Big Ten? Why don't you pull Nebraska back from the Big Ten? They, those teams aren't gonna want to go to a failing conference. Like people have said, it's, Texas A&M should go back to the Big Twelve now. Like, no, like it doesn't you make to think any... of it. Like it's a business deal. I mean, that's what it breaks down to. And you're not gonna, you're not gonna make a bad business deal and that's what it would be like, uh, you you would cost yourself money and, and uh, that's you don't want to do that even if let's say Texas A&M goes back to the Big 12 they lose so much like you're saying business deal they lose so much funding so yep. much funding that their recruiting budgets go down that every little thing that you don't think of goes down they're not able to compete at that highest level that is essentially why OU and Texas are leaving. OU and Texas cannot sustain for the future if they stay in the Big 12. Like, mm-hmm. if they want to be the national powers, the blue bloods that they are, and I understand Texas has not been a blue blood, or Texas has not lived up to the standard of a blue blood here recently, but if you look at the history, they are in the blue blood conversation as much as I don't want to say that, but they are. Um but if they want longevity, if they want the move that's right for them, this is the move that's right for them because that extra injection into like extra injection of money into their sports is going to be able to build new sports stadiums. Like baseball has been wanting a new stadium at OU forever. Softball wants something new. Basketball wants something new. And oh, or the football fans, they want upper decks around the entire stadium and just instead of just on the sides. Like, 
there is tons of stuff that can go with this. So uh, it's got, it is the right move for OU in Texas at this moment. I like, I hate that OU did little brother that way, but like the irate eight is just going to have to get over it. Like (laughs) there's nothing else. Like they'll find a landing spot if they're good enough. Or if you're a team like, Kansas State, you'll land in the AAC and go into a dismal belonging where you're just a bad football team in any conference. So, that's, yeah, that's true. You know, though, kind of swaying off from from the Big Twelve and moving on to their moving to the SEC. I think it's super exciting because you you know we talk about business deals. Think about how many more players, like the better recruitment they're going to be able to put out the the more money they're going to be able to give the more incentive they're going to be able to give the you know hey we'll give you this full ride and this and this and this just so they can get that that next five star or the, those three five stars or that you know six four stars you know whatever you you want to do and so i i think i get excited because i'm like you know what kind of talent in the next decade is OU about to bring in you know yeah. how how much is their game going to evolve so they can compete not at the next level, but at a level beyond that. You know, a level that we can't even think about right now. You yeah. know, and I'm excited about that. No doubt. Like, what what Perkins is talking about right here, in case you guys haven't picked up on it, is the bagman. Handing that secret cash to the recruits behind the table, you know? No, I'm just kidding. That's just been a rumor around SEC, you know, Tennessee giving out McDonald's bags full of cash and stuff. Uh, yeah. But no, for real, being in the hey, SEC, they are starting to make money though. Yeah, they are starting to make money. We'll talk about that in a minute though. But being in the SEC will affect the recruiting to a level that's I think OU and Texas fans take for granted. Like OU and Texas are going to start having those classes that compete to be the number one class in the nation. Speaking of that, OU currently in the class of 2023, has the number one class in the nation. So it's, it's, it is holding dividends already for these recruits that are like, whoa, I could play in the SEC and go to OU? Like, so it is already holding dividends. OU picked up huge, huge commitment of Malachi Nelson, five-star out of Los Alamitos, California. Um, and they, this past week, also picked up a huge five-star commitment from Makai Lemon out of Los Alamitos, California. And if that sounds familiar, it's because I just said it. They are high school teammates who wanted to play together at the next level, and they're both five stars. It's a great thing to have, you know? They also pick up four-star top 50 player in the nation out of Bigsby, Oklahoma, Luke Haz. I covered Luke Haz when I was covering basketball as a freshman, and he was a beast on the basketball court and absolutely dominant. I can't imagine him on the football court or football field. He has gotten four inches taller than the last time I've seen him, and he's bulked up. Like, he sounds like an absolute monster. And they have two other recruits that have committed. They have a three-star center. Uh, I don't remember where he's from, if I'm being honest. All this is off the top of my head. Uh, but they have a three-star offensive lineman that Bill Beatonbow really likes. And they have 
one more that I just can't remember. So, sorry. I tried my best to remember all five of them, but that is what I have. But it is the number one class in 2023 right now. So, pretty exciting as recruiting is going forward. Super exciting. It's always awesome when you start seeing, you know, those recruiters go to work for OU, OSU, you know, TU. Uh, because, you know, in their own right from each, you know, school it's or university, they put in the work. And they've pulled off some really good, uh, you know, polls from from kids who could go, almost, you know, generally anywhere they wanted. And they'd be accepted. And so, you know, OU's especially, I know they did some redeveloping within their staff, didn't they? to, like, have better recruiting? Yeah, or OU has um, an entire recruiting department and stuff. Like, it's crazy how much stuff they put into recruiting. Um, It pays dividends, though, in the end. Yes, it's it's definitely what is putting them on this next level. It's what's made their defense so much better. it honestly their defense beforehand was abysmal and now they have consistently put together um some really good classes on the defensive side of the ball that just is crazy to me but speaking on that same thing OSU hasn't done that bad at recruiting either OSU's gotten some of the biggest in-state recruits there are um osu got the biggest recruit in the state this past year and kendall daniel kendall daniels from Beggs, oklahoma um long thought to be an ou commit um he then ends up committing to texas a&m because there was a miscommunication between ou staff and kendall and then something happens with him and texas a&m He gets out of his NLI and signs with OSU. So a lot of things going on in uh, with OSU and recruiting. They've also pulled in Braylon Presley or um, from the class of 2022. And they've pulled in, um, they stole somebody. I'm trying to remember his name right now. I'm actually trying to look it up. Um, They stole a recruit from OU in the class of 2022 that was committed to OU. um, And that kid's name is, if you just hold on, Talon Shetron. And Talon Shetron is... I think on ESPN, Talon Shetron's a five-star, and everywhere else he's a four-star, but he's a highly rated recruit. Um, nationally, in his position at wide receiver, he's the number seven overall recruit there is. So it's a big flip that OSU has gotten from Talon Shetron. Flipping him from OU is huge. And if so if you're an OU fan, you're asking, how does that happen? Well, what OSU did, which they're really smart for, um, Talon has a brother. Um, I believe his name is Tabron Tabry. Tabry Shetron as well. 
who is kind of a tight end who's really raw. OSU has the ability to take a tight end that isn't necessarily as good. Um, and OU just – OU couldn't take Shetron's brother. So Talon ends up committing to go play with his brother at OSU. And that's a huge, like – obviously, OSU wanted both players. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying OSU took the brother just to get the other one. Like, but it was just something that happened to come along with it. So OSU ends up getting one of OU's top recruits this year and flips the top in-state recruit to them. So OSU's not doing too bad in recruiting either. Mm -mm. They seem to be holding their own. You know, they, they've had some, you know, some struggles, you know, just between trying to find, Good depth. They've had good, some skilled players, but they've really struggled. And so I think this is a really good pull and hopefully a turnaround for them in this upcoming season. You know, maybe they'll actually have a chance to, to make some good happen consistently. Speaking of that, we could go to the Big 12 preseason poll. If you want to look at it, surprise, surprise, at number one, you got OU. You defending six-time champs. Okay, yeah. They're no shock. Iowa State's number two. They're no shock either. They return everybody um, pretty much on both sides of the ball. I think they graduate like one or two of their starters on both sides of the ball completely. So huge get back for Iowa State. They're, they come in at number two. Three, um, I believe, was TCU, um, if I'm remembering right. Four was Texas, and five was Oklahoma State. So it was kind of weird. We had some technical difficulties, and um, yeah, uh, we kind of are kind of shaken. We didn't know where we left off for a minute. Um, so we're just going to pick back up at OSU. If you have a problem with it, you can always sponsor the pod, get us some more technology. This way this stuff doesn't happen, but that's all I'm saying. But uh, back at OSU, they were picked fifth. Um, those first two games of the season – are vital for OSU. I think that OSU should win those games handily. One of them is the other in-state school in Tulsa. And normally we talk about all three schools when we talk about when we're on this pod, but honestly, there's not a whole lot coming out of Tulsa right now. We'll talk about Zayden Collins in the NFL a little bit. Other than that, not a whole lot coming out of Tulsa right now. But um, so – if OSU can pick up a win in those first two games, I think they will set themselves up nicely. Uh, but that third game is the key test. The third game is when they play Boise State. And OU fans know all about this. If Boise State's just a tough place to win. Boise State is a tough team to beat. Um, that Fiesta Bowl, we don't like to talk about it. Nobody likes to talk about it in the state besides OSU fans, but OSU now has to go play Boise, and that's going to be an entertaining game. And if Spencer Sanders cannot turn the ball over this year like he did last year, I think OSU could be a completely different team, and they could come past that fifth-place ranking that they're at. But that being said, I also could see where they could – Spencer Sanders could be that turnover machine again. And then I, go ahead. Well, well, yeah, well, I don't mean to interrupt, but, it, you know, if you 
for those listening, if you guys go back, you know, the first season, you know, I talk about the different quarterbacks that OSU has. And if memory serves correctly, I think I argued to say switch him out of there. Put in put in a you know someone fresh and see if something different happens just because of the the issues that have been created. Well, I've heard a lot of noise that um the backup is playing really well right now, but they're going forward with Spencer Sanders. So I don't know. They could switch it out in the midseason, but as of right now, they're going forward with Spencer Sanders. And I think that OSU will be a better overall team this year. I don't know that it will show in their record because they're still going to pick up the losses that they pick up. They're going to lose to Iowa State. They're going to lose to OU more than likely. Like they're going to get those losses on, and they're probably going to finish nine and three, nine and four, like around there. And it just it just depends on how well they can do in those big games. But I don't know. OSU kind of got me on the gambit right now, um, but I will save that for next week because we're going to have a huge preview pod next week. Of the entire Big 12. And we'll even touch on the AAC because we cover Tulsa too. It's going to be a lot less fun without Zayvon Collins, but we're still going to cover Tulsa. So I'm very curious to see how they do without him. Because they they won or at least held their own in some games because of his playmaking style. They're not going to be that great this year. They're pick six to finish in the AAC. They're... They've lost not only Collins, but they lost two cornerbacks to the transfer porter, portal who were great cornerbacks. Like, I don't know what else to say. Their quarterbacks aren't going to step up their play. I'm not even sure their quarterbacks are going to stay healthy. They didn't stay healthy very long last year. So, at Tulsa, we're not going to touch too much of them on this one, this pod, because – there's just not a whole lot to talk about right now but get for Tulsa. They like the only thing they have a bright shining light in Zayvon Collins, but other than that, there's not a whole lot to talk about. So, yep. Like uh, pick 6th in the AAC preseason poll, and that's really all the news I've heard out of Tulsa this summer. So, um moving on from there, we wanted to touch a little bit on NAI NIL and just a little bit on how it would, how it's going to affect things. Perkins, what, what's your opinion on NIL, and what, what do you think's going to happen moving forward? You know, I hate the fact that I am hosting a sports podcast, and you're going to have to remind me what the heck NIL is. Name, image, likeness. It's where players can make money. Right. Okay. It's I the thing make... that was on our notes. Like, how right. do you not I, know that? You know, you know, you use a weird term, but hear me out. Okay. If I go on a rant or I go on a thing about how I feel about this, and then you're like, that's great. However, that's not at all what I asked you. You know, I feel like that would have been a lot Every, more embarrassing. Everybody than... would have laughed at you. We'd all had a good right. time. Right. See, that's what I'm trying to avoid. Got more, we would have got more views. I want more views. I, you know, it's fine. It's fine. I think, so going into it, then, I think this is great. I think this is fantastic. Not to mention, this opens up the avenue for NCAA to bring out a brand new football game. Just throwing that out there. Amen. Like, uh, I cannot but, wait. 
<laughs> it's going to be great. And with the technology they have now, next gen, everything, it's going to be an amazing football game. I cannot wait for it. But that that's not twenty till 2023. We're not here to talk about that. I think it's fantastic I that these players are that. getting comp- – <laughs> I think it's fantastic these players are starting to kind of – to get compensated. You know, they we've, there's already, you know, come out with different quarterbacks and stuff. I think even uh, Spencer Rattler – he got some big money deal too, which I don't know the specifics for anything uh, with who I'm sure you do, but I think it's fantastic. I think not only will it provide incentive to stick with, with the school you're at to play good, to play better than you already are. Uh, I think it'll help. It helps. Uh, I guess that's what it is. It incentivizes it. it rewards the players for being as good as they are. And I think that's great. I think that's fantastic. I'm I think it's good that they can put money to their name. And they 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 kind of get rewarded for being the athletes and the beasts and the monsters that they are. And I think that's that's great. And I think that this is a long time it should have happened a decade ago. But I I'm glad that it's happening now. Yeah, I'm I'm a, I'm with you. It's a good thing. Like I get the argument from it's amateur sports, but no, that's stupid. Shut up. If you're making that argument, the, you're an old. The amount of time they put down. in. I, like, I did D1 sports, you know, in in college, and the amount of time, and I wasn't. It wasn't even like football or anything like that. But you know, even for the sport I was doing, which was rowing, like. The amount of time I didn't care about it at all. I was just doing it to stay in shape. But the amount of time they forced me to put into that sport, I mean, I couldn't, I couldn't work full time job and go to school. I, I couldn't do anything. It was constantly. If I wasn't in class, I was rowing. And so I think it's, it, I'm, they should get paid. It's like a, it's like a forty hour job, you know, forty hour a week job, and That's- that they have no time to do anything else. And so they need to make money. They're humans just like the rest of us. They have to have food. They have to be able to eat. And sometimes, you know, going to college, sometimes the cafeteria, it just doesn't cut it. You know, like, some, depending on what school you're at, that food, that food can get old real quick. And so I think it's good. It is, it's very true. I, my biggest argument for it was any member of the band could go up to a bar on a Friday night and play their trumpet or guitar or whatever. If they have a singing voice, they could sing. And they could make a couple hundred bucks singing. Like, why can't somebody that is an athlete use their ability to make a couple hundred bucks? Make, and obviously some of these deals, like Spencer Rattler's deal with Canes, was yes. a big deal. And, like, they're going to make a little more than a couple hundred bucks. But, like, why would you keep them from doing that? Like, you're just – it's it just sounds like – really greedy people trying to keep money out of college kids hands like it just sounds like greed to me like there's not a logical argument against it like if you want to say the amateur sports argument you're just trying to keep money out of their hands like there's not any way against it but it's already passed it's already here we're already moving forward with it we're getting our college football game back i can't wait for that i will talk about that so much like <laughs> I I'm married and I'm not sure my wife will see me after that game comes out for a couple weeks. Like, well, hey, you know, you and me, we do a Madden league. 
And our favorite part of the Madden League is recruiting the college kids. I can't wait till I'm recruiting again. Yeah, I'm stoked for that game. But again, he said, Perkins said I couldn't talk about it. So I'm I'm just saying, if we're staying on topic, you know, we can have a whole podcast about, about NCAA. You know, video games is my thing. I'll talk about that with you. I just figured we wanted to stay on point. All right, whatever. But <laughs> name, name, image, likeness, NIL, for those of you who don't know what it is, name, image, likeness, Perkins, uh, yep. is, uh, is a good thing for the game. I think it'll push us forward, push the game forward, um, and it allows these kids to make some money. As far as how it's going to affect the game, honestly, I think it's going to affect the game in a way like – for instance, your big money schools, your huge programs, they're really going to benefit from this because those recruits are going to want to go to those schools. They're going to get them the exposure. Another reason OU's joining the SEC. So, like, there are so many different things that – so many different reasons these things are going on. Um, now, but question these, for you. What? Now, that being said – you know, so it's great for the big schools. Now, what about these little schools? Now, does this this is does this actually harm them, cost them money, or is this helping them too? It wouldn't cost them money at all. Um, if you are talking, like like as far as exposure goes, you know, it's like is this hurting the players because they can't get to those big schools, so like they're not getting the same opportunities. They're probably no. The the small schools definitely will not get the same opportunities, but you're always going to have. Each school is different. Each school is going to be weird. So you got schools like Texas A&M that's like a cult fan base. And if we have any Texas A&M listeners, like, I don't care that I made you mad. Like, you guys are a cult up there. Like, <laughs> stay away. I, I can deal without that one view. <laughs> like, um, it's like those places, like, you're going to have some crazy fan pay – ten thousand dollars for an autograph and like you're gonna get there i don't think it's gonna change the game too much i think the big teams are still gonna get the big players and i think the small teams are still gonna get the small players like i think obviously there's gonna be some players that are overlooked and there'll be some magical runs like a lamar jackson at louisville who wins the heisman um i think those things are still gonna happen in the game and then some companies are going to come in and give them sponsorships throughout the season. I, it's going to be the same balance. There always is. It's just whether like people say it's going to change the game a whole lot. I like, I really don't think it will. It's going to be that same balance. The players that get the opportunities at a smaller school, they're still going to get the opportunity at a smaller school and they still get opportunity to make money. Like, even if you go to Tulsa, like, go to T or my example, BYU. BYU had um, somebody in their college, like, or not in their college, but donate to their college, donate to these players for NIL, and gave every walk-on to the football team scholarship, basically, like what it would be. It wasn't obviously a scholarship. It was an NIL deal. But basically, they got the money to pay for their school. So 
even these small schools, they're going to have people, they're going to have graduates who want to support their football team, want their football team to be good. They're going to have things like that going on. Like That's fair. I, yeah. like, I don't think small schools will suffer. Honestly, I think it's going to help college athletics as a whole. So um, I could hear an argument where the divide would get bigger, but in all honesty, I don't think it will. I think it's going to stay the same. It is always with, always is. Um, nobody's going to go in and pay a backup quarterback money just because he was a five-star out of high school. Like, I could see some small company doing that, yeah, but, like, nobody's going to pay big money to see some kid sit on the bench. Like, the big money's going to go to the big quarterback that's starting at the big university. That's it. Like, and it's just like the NFL. The big money goes to the big quarterbacks. Does There's money that goes to other people. It's just the more important you are on the field, the more money you yeah. get. So. Yep. Yeah, that makes – that makes sense. That's good too. You know, you don't want to. You don't want to basically take all these small schools and just make them insignificant. So I think that's the balance is good. Yeah. Yeah. Well, last little segment we're gonna do before we end our pod is just some former athletes at our Oklahoma universities in the pros that just seem to be doing well. Um, Perkins, this seems to be your segment. You go ahead and take off with it. You you talk about these guys. You're the one who wanted to throw this in there. Tell me how people are yeah. doing at the next level. Oh, man, you know, it has been super exciting watching these guys play. You know, they've been going through all the training camps. I've been trying my hardest to keep up with it just because, you know, with the draft and, you know, Ronnie Perkins got picked up from Andre Stevenson, uh, Zayvon Collins, and then you know a lot of other big names. A lot, you know, all these cool, you know, good athletes got picked up by the these you know various teams, and it has been great getting to see them play. And so early, you know, college ball hasn't started yet, and NFL's in the preseason right now, week one, and week one's finishing up tonight, and it has been great. You know, Zayvon Collins, he's on the Cardinals right now. And he has made, in his debut, he made some phenomenal plays. Not not a ton. One, two, or three. But when he was there, it was just like with Tulsa. When he showed up, he knocked on the door, kicked it down, and said, hello, I'm here. You know, that the quarterback didn't know what happened. The running back didn't know what happened. The O-line didn't even see him. He was like a ghost. You know, there's a there's a really awesome highlight video right now of him breaking through the O line. O line doesn't even pick him up, and wraps up and gets the running back behind the line of scrimmage. And it's just if that's him in the preseason, and that's how much he's developed. That he's he's beating NFL O linemen. I can't wait. I can't wait to see what he does for the Cardinals defense. You know, I've already got the Cardinals. I'm going to watch every game they offer this season. Same with the Jaguars, Trevor Lawrence, and same with the Patriots. You know, the Patriots, they picked up. I believe I believe Patriots is where Ronnie Perkins and Ramon J. Stevenson went. And, uh, you know, Ramon J. Stevenson, he did a great job too. You know, Ronnie Perkins, he did great. Uh, but Ramon J. Stevenson, he's the highlight. You know, 
they're it's towards the end they're they're wasting time and you know they're trying to burn through the other team's trying to burn through timeouts and he just they they give him the ball and boom i think he's i think i said or you said something like 87 yards and this is in you know this is an this is an nfl game and so i know it's preseason and i know oh it's second string oh it's third string it doesn't matter this you know nfl is the best players no matter if you're second or third string it's the best players in the sport. And so and I don't care if, if he was playing the fourth string, there's still, those guys could still do, I can't compete. And so the fact that he was able to break through a defensive line, defensive backs and make it all the way down the field to score a touchdown. I'm excited. He's going to be doing great things. And I'm, I'm excited to watch the Patriots this year. I'm excited to watch the Cardinals. I'm excited to watch the Jags. I'm excited to watch all these other teams that picked up all these great players you know, and there's other there's other players outside of Oklahoma players that have been making, you know, really awesome debuts. Uh, and so, like you know, Justin Fields, he threw I think he threw for just under or just over 200 yards, and and his debut, yeah, one of the I think he of the rookie quarterbacks that came in and played, he had like the best yardage or something like that. I think I read that somewhere. You know, uh, Zach Wilson came out, he did really well. Same with Trevor Lawrence, uh, and then he, and I, I'm just I'm excited for the NFL season. This is the first NFL season I'm, I'm truly stoked to watch. And I've always been excited for college ball, kind of dismissed NFL, but this season I am I'm excited. I have like eight teams I want to make it to the to the Super Bowl, and so I'm. I, I don't. I hate to break it to you, but there can only be two that make it. So you know. Honestly, if I'm being if I'm being honest, I want to see Trevor Lawrence make it all the way first season. Yeah, it's, yeah. I I, Let's I take want him. These one in fifteen Jags all the way back to the Super Bowl. The next you never year. know. They've got him. They got Travis Etienne. I mean, Travis Etienne's not starting, but at least I don't think he is as of right now, unless McCaffrey's hurt again. Um, but I think I think they're going to be good. I think I think that with the right leadership and with him at quarterback. They will do just fine. Do you and think I, I'm Tim, excited. Do you think Tim Tebow makes the roster? <laughs> Honestly, I think for namesake. It I think it'd be great. Right. But there's there's just I don't I'm excited. I, I, if you can't tell I'm excited about this NFL upcoming season. I'm excited to see these these big names, you know, Jamar Chase. Uh, Jalen Waddle. I'm excited to see all of them. I'm excited to see what they can do. I'm pretty sure I showed you a clip just the other night. Uh, Jalen Waddle doing a punt return and having good field vision and you know just knowing when to cut. He gained an extra few yards and ended up running out of bounds, like 22 yards or something like that on the punt return. You know these these guys who were just college athletes. You know, not, you know me barely a little bit less than a year ago are coming in and they are just dominating these fields. You know, they are making sure that these NFL veterans know who they are. And I love that. And it's, it's making this season of NFL that more exciting to watch. I say, just wait till the actual season starts and everybody starts playing and not sitting out their preseason games. Then we'll tell when of these, which of these rookies are good. Yeah, yeah we'll, uh, I, as long as Trevor Lawrence, Saban Collins, 
and uh, Ronnie Perkins and Ramondre Stevenson. As long as they all get their starting positions, I'll be happy as can be. Well, Ramondre will not be starting, I promise you that. Not that I See, don't want him to, but... Say that they'd be missing out. Uh, like, I'm not going to argue with that, but he's not going to be yeah. starting. Um, Trevor Lawrence will start. Zayvon Collins will start. Uh, Ronnie Perkins probably. I doubt it, but maybe. Um, I don't know. OSU had a couple people go in the draft. Truba Hubbard, Tylen Wallace. There was a offensive lineman that went to. I don't remember his name. I think it was like Tevin... Uh, I don't even know. I can't think of it. But those couple players, Chuba Hubbard's got a lot of speed. I'm going to be interested to see what he can do uh, with the Panthers. And Tylen Wallace, I just want to see if his game would translate to the next level. He's kind of a smaller receiver. Um, He's not the typical uh, Justin Blackman or Des Bryant that's come out of OSU. Um, he's kind of playing a different type of role at receiver. He's not as big as those guys. So I'm interested to see how well he will do um, at the next level because everybody's going to be at his kind of speed. That's what he did in college with speed. And I want to see if he can still make effective plays at that level. But um, it, it'll just be interesting to see what those players can do. Um, Tulsa really only had that one guy drafted. OU had a few more. Um, I'd be interested to see where Parnell Motley and Trey Norwood and um, all of those players see how they are doing effective teams as well. So, um, but that is kind of where we are at. A um, lot of big news this summer, a lot of big things going on. Perkins. Anything else you want to touch on before we get out of here? You know, man, I don't think there's much to touch on besides our big cliffhanger from season one. You and me had a deal and a bet. And I think you owe me Buffalo Wild Wings. What are you talking about? In season one, man. I understand season one, but I won yeah. the bet. So how do you I You won the you? oh 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 I don't I don't know about that. How do you not know about that? Go back and listen. Every single person <laughs> listening to this, go back and tell me whether I won or not. <laughs> yeah, everyone, everyone, go back and then on our Facebook here in like a week or two, we'll set up a poll and we'll we'll see. And then the winner of the poll, that was the other guy's dinner or whatever the heck we bet on for Buffalo Wild Wings. That's fine. When everybody figures out that you're trying to get a free dinner, even though you lost. Like, Whatever. Hey, it starts back up though. Our 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 weekly bets start in a couple weeks, and yeah. so it'll be fun. We can start all over again. Honestly, we could do a segment next week because next week games do start. Games for those of you who don't know, games start in two weeks. Uh, OU OSU. I don't know. Uh, I believe both OU and OSU play in three weeks. On Tulsa, I am not certain. I believe they're probably three weeks out as well. But games can officially start here in two weeks. Um, It will be interesting. There will be a couple of good games that first weekend. Um, Even just first time or first game matchup, not even just that first weekend. You got some big games like Georgia, Clemson, Alabama, Miami. Like There's some games that – 
I really want to tune into. Like, there'll be some fun games to start off this season. So, yeah, they um, will. Re- really looking forward to this season. And well, guess this is where we'll part ways for a little bit because I don't have anything else to say. I don't have anything else to talk on right now, unless you do. I'm fresh out. All right, we will see you guys back here next week for our huge preview pod over the Big 12 and the AAC. So, see you guys next week, and we are out. See ya.